are watching and all of you that are here that I love you. I love every single one of you. I'm proud of you, proud of how you're serving God and how you're living for the Lord. And it's such a, such a blessing to just look out and see the decisions being made and the lives that have been changed and, and how you're setting yourselves apart and how you're standing in God's word. Amen. How many believe that I love you tonight? Y'all believe that? But if I love you, can you even imagine, can it even enter into your mind how much God loves you? How much God loves you, right? If, if you have love from me or you have love from your spouse or you love your kids, how much does God love us? Well, I want to tell you, I want to show you a little bit tonight about how much God loves us. Because when you talk about the grace of God, you realize how much God loves us. That grace is God's way of showing us his love. Amen? Now let's go over quickly tonight, before we begin to read, just to get you an understanding of uh, what we talked about on Sunday. I'm not going to go over the whole message, but one thing I want to repeat is what grace means. If you weren't here, or you're watching tonight, and you didn't hear the message Sunday, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's a very important message, but there's something that I said that makes it clear and simple because I think a lot of people that are saved and believe in God and love God don't really understand what grace is. And, and I don't think we could really ever understand until, you know, I, at the end of the service I mentioned standing in a courtroom and standing before a judge and that judge reading all the stuff that you've ever done and all the mistakes you've ever made and telling you, here's your sentence. Eternity in hell, death, death by electrocution, however you want to say it, and condemning us and about to lift that gavel. That, that if we could ever get a glimpse or an understanding of what our sin looks like, we would understand how powerful God's grace is. And instead of dropping that gavel down, Jesus walks in the room and says, don't do it. I'm going to take his or her place. Amen? And so grace is this. Listen, grace is is getting from God what I do not deserve. Amen? Grace is getting from God what I do not deserve. What is, what, is, what is it that I do not deserve? I don't deserve heaven. Am I speaking just for myself or am I speaking for you too? The Bible tells us that, right? I'm not going into all the other verses tonight, but the Bible tells us that I don't deserve heaven. And the Bible says that the wages of my sin or the penalty of my sin is what? Death. And so grace is God giving me as a gift, which we're going to see here in a moment, free salvation when I don't deserve it. And then mercy, a lot of people don't understand what mercy is. Mercy is not getting what I do deserve, which is what? Hell. I, I deserve hell. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve eternal life with God. But God's going to give it to me by grace. What I do deserve is hell and punishment and, and, and separation from God. But God says, by mercy, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. And so it helps us understand his love more when we realize how lost we really are. Some people need a revelation of how lost they were before they met Jesus. And so Romans chapter 5, I want to get into this and read in this chapter some powerful scriptures, and this is going to be a, a chapter you might have never read. You might be here, and especially if you're a new convert, you've never read Romans chapter 5. 
Such a powerful chapter. And I want you to make this a chapter that you'll go back and read because this is really another area of Scripture where God shows us how simple the gospel message is. And you'll see even a math equation here in these verses in a minute. Let's just pray to open uh, our hearts this, tonight for the message. Father, I just ask you for the next few minutes to arrest our minds. Lord, it's a Wednesday night. We're coming in from work. We're coming in from schedules. We're thinking about things we've got to do tomorrow. And I just ask that you take our minds and focus them on your word. Your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And tonight I ask that your word would come alive. And as they're reading these scriptures tonight, Father, your word would show them by the power of the Holy Spirit and revelation tonight, God, how real your love is for us and how powerful your grace is. And Lord, that you truly have a plan for us and that is to give us an expected end, Father. God, I pray that we would leave this place tonight more in love with you than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. See, the word justification or being justified, church, is us being made right in the sight of God. If you break down this chapter, and I'm going to kind of do that a little bit tonight, and you look at these verses, one of the things I want to challenge you to do, whether you've been saved for 50 years or five minutes, is I want to challenge you when you read the Bible, and I hope you're reading the Bible on a daily basis, and I hope you're reading more than the verse I send you, because that's cheating. Amen? That doesn't take any work at all. But I hope as you're reading the Bible, as you read it, that you don't just read that first verse and, and just go through it and miss such powerful words like having been justified. Being made right with God. As you're here tonight listening to me, and I'm preaching God's Word, let God's Word come alive. Realize tonight that you have been made right in God's eyes. And this is the cool thing, not because of anything you've done. We're so works-oriented in our lives, and it's not even something we do on purpose. It's just how we are. It's how our society is set up. It's how everything works. If we go to work, we go to work for a paycheck. We go because we expect something. And we know that there's no way... That at the end of the week or every other week, however you get paid, you're going to get paid if you haven't done the work. Am I right? Am I talking to anybody that goes to work here? So when you go to work, you expect to be paid. But you don't expect to be paid if you haven't done the work. And so we're works-oriented. We don't really grasp and understand how loving God is that He has justified us and made us in good standing tonight. Simply because of what? Faith. Simply because of what? Belief. Because we believe. Because we say, I believe that that's what God said and I'm justified. It's a simple thing, but sometimes it's not so easy to comprehend. So it says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Amen? How many have peace in this place tonight? Amen? Amen? Peace to know that you are justified by God. Peace to know that God's got everything under control. Peace to know that we're on this side of the door of grace. How many are thankful tonight that you're on this side of the door of grace? Amen. Is there a barrier between me and you? I can't hear anything tonight. I don't know if you're saying anything or not. I feel like there's a, a glass wall or something protecting me from the coronavirus. Or are you just being really quiet? 
I'm not sure. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access. Watch how I'm stopping at certain verses. And, and, and literally, church, I could stop at these words and I could preach a whole message on having access with God. Access. How many know what access means? means being able to pass through a door or to get into a place because someone has allowed you to come in, someone has paid a ticket for you, someone has allowed you access to their things, right? Access to the throne of God. We don't realize sometimes. We, we get caught up sometimes in a rut. And we don't realize how amazing God is. We look at this world right now and we, we fret over things that are going on, but God wants us to stop and focus on how good He is, on how loving He is, on how faithful He is, and that His Word has so many promises. Why are we focusing on negative things when we have so many positive things to focus on in the Word? Access, it says, through, by faith, into His what? Grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Do you realize I just read only two verses? And in those two verses, there is so much. Just in those two verses. Now, this is something that's important. We do need to read the whole Bible. But don't be in such a hurry that you speed read. Because we're, this isn't something we're doing for credit to get a, a grade. And, and someone says, how much did you read this week? And you go... Oh, I've read 12 chapters. I read a chapter and a half every day. And then they go, okay, well, what, what did the Lord speak to you? And you go, speak to me. I just read. Amen? Would it, be re would it be better to read 12 chapters, to say you read 12 chapters and understand nothing, or to read one verse like I just read and stop and look at what God is really saying and break it down and realize how powerful every single word that comes out of his mouth is. Amen? See, when you begin to focus on God's word, and you begin to, let me just go back, I don't even know if I'm going to get through this tonight, if you begin to go back over those first two verses, you see justification. You see peace with God. You see access by faith into grace. You see that you can stand in this world. It's, you see that you can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's just two verses about how much God loves us. Let's keep reading. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Amen. Wow. I'm trying to find the casket in here tonight. Did someone hide it? Why are y'all so dead? I'm, re I'm, not re I'm, re I'm not reading doom and gloom here. This is good stuff. But it, 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 didn't it say we glory in tribulations? Didn't say get upset about it. It said we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. There's another powerful word. Hope. How I many know hope is an awesome thing to have? We just talked Sunday about the blessed hope. Amen. That Jesus could come at any moment 
And we're watching for Him. And that says, now, hope does not disappoint. Regardless of what the news says tonight, regardless of the state of our world tonight, but the Bible says God's hope doesn't disappoint. We need to be more focused on what God's Word says than what the news says. More than ever before. Watch this, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I told you I loved you at the beginning of the service. How much does God love you? He's telling you, so I, I, don't, I don't know how much God loves me because I haven't really seen him or touched him or felt him. He speaks us his love through his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so he's breaking down how much he loves us here in Romans chapter 5. Now, faith triumphs over trouble every time. Verse 6. Here you begin to see a love story. Here you begin to see God breaking down his word and showing us what he really did to give us grace. It says, when we were still without strength. Don't raise your hand, but you might be here tonight saying, man, that's me. I'm tired. I'm real tired. I'm so tired. Amen. There's times, how many know there's times we're more tired than others? He says, when we were without strength. How many are thankful tonight that your salvation is not based on your strength? Is anybody else thankful in this place that our salvation is not based on how strong we are? It says, when we were without strength. You know what that means? God says, I love you at your weakest point. At your lowest point. When you have no strength, when you have no power, when you have no ability, when you have no talent, when you are loveless, when you are not lovable. How many know we can be not lovable? Amen. Don't elbow that person next to you. You're going to get in more trouble. It says, when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Look at the person next to you and say, that's you. That's you. That is right. You, were, you had to be ungodly before you could be godly. See, some of y'all have been saved so long, you forgot that you used to be ungodly. Right? Remember? Remember when you were ungodly? Don't be saved so long that you forget that you were ungodly. See, that's what God wants us to remind of, of, remind us of. He wants to remind us what we used to be like. That's when we become ineffective when we don't witness to people because we don't remember what it was like to be like them. We've been saved for so long now that we're so godly and got it all together. He's saying, listen, when you were ungodly, I died for you. How many are thankful Jesus died for you when you were ungodly? Not when you had it all together. Not when you got it all right. So now you can start telling your friends when, you went, when they say, well, i got to get some stuff together before I go to church. No, while you are a sinner right now, Jesus died for you as the ungodly person that you are. Matter of fact, he majors in dying for ungodly people. That's his best thing. Amen? And it says, for, watch this, for scarcely will a righteous man, for, for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, Someone wouldn't even dare to die. Watch this. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died 
for us. Amen? Isn't that a powerful verse? God demonstrates his own love towards us. See, here tonight I told you I loved you. And I do. But that was easy to say. I love you is not that hard to say. Some people, it's hard for them to say, but amen. It, it is hard for some people to say, but it's still just a word. But how many know the demonstration is a whole different thing? If I had to show you tonight that I loved you by standing in front of a train for you, it might be a little different. Right? Or laying on some hot coals for you or going across a river for you or whatever you want to say. But he says what he's saying there is, is God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Right? You starting to see how much God loves us? He started off by saying that we're justified and we can have peace and we can have access and all that. But see, when we don't think about what Jesus did on that cross, we can forget what it cost Jesus to love us. Amen? Read on with me. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Could go preach a whole message on that. I love this next part, and this piggyback off of Sunday. We shall be saved from wrath through him. I almost, I almost titled this, and I'm, I'm going to preach something kind of down this line Sunday unless the Lord changes it, but I almost titled this God's grace and God's wrath. Because how many understand that you can't understand God's grace if you don't understand his wrath? Right? Like if we, that's what I'm always telling you. If we, if, how many would love to be witnessing? How, I bet you we would witness more if we could do this. How many would love to be witnessing to somebody and be able to show them five seconds in hell? Like a real, the feeling, the heat, the darkness, the smell, everything. Five seconds. How many know we'd be a lot more effective witnessing if we could just give them five seconds of what eternity looks like without God or even just a feeling? See, even the ungodly right now can feel God's power and his presence and his peace and his joy in this world because the Holy Spirit's all over the place. Can you imagine what it would feel like to have that gone right now? Gone. What am I saying? I'm trying to get you to understand. If we could, if we could see God's wrath, we would be able to see how much he really loves us because he doesn't want us to go through that. So it says he, he, he's reconciled us, or sorry, saved us from wrath through him, through Jesus. How many are thankful Jesus is on your side? Amen. Or you're on Jesus' side tonight, amen? Now watch this. Listen, I don't do this all the time, but I, I'm doing this tonight. I don't usually take a chapter and just break it down, but this is what felt the Holy Spirit for me to do. Watch this next part. He says, much more than having been justified by his blood, we're saved from wrath, for if when we were enemies, see, we don't realize we were enemies. How many forget we were enemies of God? Yeah, I bet you've never considered yourself an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says we were. Enemies of God. Say, so, man, I've, I've believed in God ever since I was born. Man, I've always believed there was a God. Unless you accepted him as your personal Savior, you were an enemy of God. You might have had a form of godliness, but he says we were enemies 
of God, watch this, reconciled. How many are glad that you've been reconciled tonight? Amen. To God, watch this, through the death of His Son. Much more, I love these words, that's about the seventh time I've read much more. Sometimes the words can only do so much justice. Right? Like going back to wrath. When we hear the word wrath, we can think of something, but it doesn't really, we can't really get an idea of what that looks like. We say grace, and we get an idea in our mind, but we don't really have an, a, an idea unless we could see ourselves in that courtroom with not just a, some any old judge's hand coming down, but God's hand coming down. I'm telling you that I'm thankful tonight that I've been reconciled to God. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved, watch this, by his what? It says we were reconciled to God through his, the death of his son, but even more so, we'll be saved by his life. How many are glad Jesus came out of that grave? Amen. And not only that, and much more, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we have received reconciliation. Reconciliation. This is God telling us, listen, I need you to recognize how lost you were. I need you to recognize how much you need me. I need you to understand that you, every breath you take is because of my grace. Amen. Every day, every day that you wake up in the morning, it's because of my grace. It's a gift that I'm giving you. How many know we take for granted? How many can be honest here that we take for granted that we've, breathed, we've took about a thousand breaths since we've been here? And every single one's by the grace of God. Listen to a heartbeat on the chest. Every beat is, is by the grace of God. You can stop at any moment. But we're alive by the grace of God. So it gives us something that's, that leads into that spirit of thanksgiving, which is next week. Verse 12. Therefore, here's the math, here's the math equation. Therefore, just as through how many men? How many, how many men did it take to bring sin into the world? Just one. One person messed up. One. Now, this is where the man becomes responsible. Because it was really the woman's fault. But the man's responsible. Because we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're, we're the head. Okay? She ate first. Did she not? Thank you. But men, we're going to men up. And we're going to take responsibility. Amen? Doesn't say through the woman, says through one man. So we got to be responsible. Sin entered the world and death through sin. One person messed it all up. And, and then it says death spread to all men because how many have sinned? All have sinned. For until, verse 13, the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, oh, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the tra transgression of Adam, meaning they didn't do the exact sin he did. They didn't, drink of, they didn't eat of, the, of that fruit of the tree, but they still sinned. That death sentence entered into us through Adam. We were born into sin. Amen? We were born 
on a path to hell. Born, separated from God. An enemy of the cross. And it said death and, and through sin and spread to all men because all sin. Verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Watch this. Who is a type of him who was to come. Now, as I begin to close, watch this. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. Listen to that. The free gift is not like the offense. Grace, again, receiving something from God we do not deserve. Okay? We don't deserve salvation. We deserve death. You say, it's not my fault. I wasn't there. doesn't matter. God says we've all sinned. God says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And he says, but, it, but watch this, the free gift is not like the offense for... If by the one man's offense, Adam, many died, here we go again, much more, the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. See the math equation? How many people here are really good at math? Let me see your hands. You're really good at math. 17,463 divided by 360. What is that? Thought you were good at math. <laughs> Amen. It would be crazy if one of y'all said the answer without your phone. I hated math. I think I've gotten better as I've gotten older. I can do that multiplication, you know, up to nine times nine, pretty much, and <laughs> 12 times 12. I got that one. But I hated math. So much that when I became a senior in high school, I had geometry. I don't know how I got through algebra. Probably cheated off somebody. I don't know. But I got to see my senior year, and geometry is not even that up there, right? What's, there's a bunch of stuff after that. Yeah, all that stuff. That stuff gives me a headache. I'm the kind of guy that when I drive through the university, I get a headache. Just driving through, I feel all the thinking going on. So I went into my geometry class my senior year, and they started putting stuff up on the chalkboard. Chalkboard? They still have those in school? I didn't think so. Started putting this stuff on the chalkboard, and I did this. And I wasn't just in shame. I fell asleep. I said, I can't do this class, and I dropped out of the class, not high school. I hate math. But this is a math equation I can do. One person messed up and caused me to be a sinner. And one person came down and did right and took away my sin. How many know that's a good math equation? One man put sin over the whole world, and one man came and delivered the whole world. One man put us into damnation and, and a path to hell, and another man, Jesus Christ, came and gave us a pathway to heaven by the grace of God. Amen? Come on, church. That's something to be excited about. One minus one equals heaven. Amen. So it's an, a simple math equation that we must understand. And it says, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Let's close here. And the gift is not like the one which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense 
resulted in what? Condemnation. But the free gift, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. What is justification? The action of declaring or making one righteous in God. God took our place. He didn't just tell us he loved us. He showed us. Watch this. For if, the, if by the one, verse 17, man's offense, death reigned through the one, here we go again, much more. You know what I think that much more means as the musicians begin to come? You know what I think that much more means? That much more means that's the best English can do. Use your imagination. Much more. Much more. He says, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Do you understand tonight, church? I told you, I love you. I mean that. I'm proud of you. How much does God love you? This much. That's, the, that's what the gospel is, right? He, he didn't tell us he loved us. He spread his arms out and took those nails on the cross. He said, this is how much I love you. And he went to the cross for our sins, and he died on that cross for our sins. And then not only did he die for us to be saved, do you realize that he is the ultimate supreme king of kings, lord of lords, master, creator of the universe, and he says that I can reign with him. Reign with him. Amen. Not just be one of his little paupers. Not just, just, just be in the same universe as him. But he says that I can reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Church, God wants us to have a revelation of how much he loves us. Read this chapter over and over again until it sets in how much Jesus loves you and what he saved you from. You know what? Ask God. Say, God, show me. Show me. Give me a glimpse of what hell looks like. Give me a glimpse of what eternity looks like. Have you ever had a time in your life since you've been saved where you didn't feel the presence of God? You felt like, where are you, God? Have you ever had that happen? Let me see your hand. Have you ever had that happen? Could God be going... Let me just give you a glimpse. Let me just give you a glimpse of what it feels like without me. It's not, it doesn't have to be that he's mad at you or that you've done something wrong. He could simply just be showing you, look what it feels like without me. And then, how many have ever had a time with God where you've weeped, you felt his presence so strong, that you can't even move, you've been paralyzed in the presence of God. How many have ever had an, an encounter like, I mean, just the power of God so strong? Amen. Only three or four? Okay, that's fine. I'm going to pray for you to get that if you haven't had that yet. When you've had that experience, it makes you understand why the other one happens. And when you're not feeling God, it makes you remember the times you felt His presence. See, it's God showing us how much he need, we need him, how much he means to us. How many know tonight this isn't, a, this isn't a religious group here? This isn't a social club that showed up tonight. We didn't show up to check the box. 
We showed up because we believe what this Bible says. Therefore, verse 18, watch this. I'm going to go through this fast. As through one man's offense, judgment came. What he's doing here is he says, if you haven't got it yet, let me just make it clear. As through one man's offense, judgment came to all, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience will all or many be made righteous. Do you notice that he said the same thing two, two times in a row there? Moreover, that's another way of saying, and much more, the law entered that offense that the offense might abound. Now watch this last part here. Don't lose this last part. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Is anybody in here thankful tonight that where your sin abounds, God's grace abounds even more? So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace, grace, what's grace? Getting from God what I don't deserve. Even so, grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, help us tonight. Help us tonight, God. Love your word like you love us. Father, let this be an encouragement to us tonight. That if we think we love each other, we think we love our spouse and our kids and our parents and our cousins and people around us, how much more do you love us? God, you showed us how much you loved us. That while we were still sinners, you died for us. Church, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, ask God to give you a revelation of what that means. It'll change your life. It'll cause you to be a soul winner. It'll cause you to see the world differently. It'll cause you to live righteous lives. The Bible says in Psalms and several other different places, but specifically in Psalms, that His mercy and His love and His compassion leads me to do the right thing. It's His love and His compassion that causes me to want to do right. Well, you know, I just can't control myself. Well, you know, I'm just struggling with this sin. You need to fall in love with Jesus again. You need to fall in love with His Word again. You need to realize how much He loved you. And at your weakest, least strong, most vulnerable place, Jesus said, that's where I'll die for you when you need me the most. How many all over this place tonight with honest hearts would say, God, I, I want to understand your love for me. I want to I have a deep revelation of who you are for me. I want to understand what you did on that cross for me. Show me tonight how much you love me through my faith, God. Let my faith be lifted up tonight as I trust your word. But give me a real revelation, Father, of how much you love me. Let this word come alive to me tonight. And if you've never, ever said, Jesus... You're Lord of my life. Jesus, you're master. Jesus, you're everything. If you have not made him Lord tonight, the Bible says, as we said Sunday, today is the acceptable day of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. Today is the day you can say, Jesus, forgive me. And I believe that you died on that cross for all my sins. How many in this place could say, Pastor, lift me up in prayer tonight. If just by lifting your hand, say, pray for me. I don't know Jesus tonight. All over this place. 
all over this place, watching online, listening on the podcast. The Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. And He's reaching out and He's saying, Son, daughter, I love you. Right now you're an enemy of me because you have not believed on me, but I died for you. Put your faith in me and you can be born again. Doesn't matter how many sins you've done. Doesn't matter how good you think you are, how bad you think you are. You're saved by grace. It's a gift. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Maybe you're running tonight. Maybe you're at home right now and you're backslidden. You're watching this on your phone. You're watching this at work. And you've let sin creep back in your life. And at one point in your life, you loved Jesus. But tonight, the world's got a hold of you. Sin's got a hold of you. Lies are deceiving you, and you're going down a path of destruction that's going to lead to eternity without God. Tonight, come home. Come home, wayward child. Come home, sinner. Put your faith in Jesus tonight. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. Right where you are, He loves you. If you just put your faith in Him, He'll change you and transform you. Let's stand to our feet tonight all over this place. I want you to spend a few minutes tonight with God. And before we do, I want us to say a prayer of salvation for those watching online, anybody listening to this on the podcast. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And church, when we do this at the end of a service, I want you to realize that we may not see everybody here, but if one person gets saved tonight online or on the, on the, on the, on the radio as they listen to it on the podcast, it means everything to God because He came for the one. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank You for Your grace. Thank You for loving me as a sinner when I had no strength you came down and took my place Jesus I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord I believe you defeated death on the cross and you rose from the dead and Jesus you took my place And you washed away my sins with your blood as a simple gift. I receive that tonight. I put my faith in that tonight. And because of that, I can have peace. I'm justified. I'm reconciled through Jesus. I accept that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a big shout of praise tonight for His mercy.